G'day, and welcome to another edition of Stick Together, bringing you workers' stories, union news, and discussion on social justice issues. Stick Together is produced in the Melbourne studios of 3CR and broadcast across the country on the Community Radio Network. I'm Matt Kunkel. It's been a big week, so we'll launch straight into it. On the show today, we'll examine the political raids conducted by the Australian Federal Police on the Victorian and Sydney offices of the Australian Workers' Union. We'll also feature the story of Australian Nursing and Midwifery Federation members who are fighting for better staffing and a fair pay rise at multinational health services company Bupa. We'll cross to Melbourne where these nurses and their supporters rallied out the front of Bupa's headquarters. But first, some union news. Without doubt, the biggest news this week was one of the most shocking abuses of political power seen in recent times. Acting on advice from the Registered Organisations Commission, which is the newly established commission to interfere with unions and create additional regulatory burdens, the Australian Federal Police raided the Melbourne and Sydney offices of the Australian Workers' Union, or the AWU. The Registered Organisations Commission has launched an investigation into union donations to both GetUp and the Labor Party, looking exclusively at the period where Bill Shorten was National and Victorian Secretary of the Union. Of particular interest was a large donation made more than 10 years ago of $100,000 to GetUp. These raids form part of a wider campaign by the federal Liberal government to demonise and criminalise unions and to persecute their political opponents. Perversely, these raids came on the same day that it was revealed in Senate estimates that cuts to the AFP's funding are preventing it from other activities like combating drug trafficking. The idea that a donation by a union to another progressive opponent of the Liberals is somehow more important than other areas of law enforcement shows just what a shocking abuse of power these raids represent. Much of the attention has been focused on how media was pre-warned of the raids, with crews arriving before AFP officers at both AWU offices. It would be no surprise to unionists around the country that Employment Minister Senator Michaelia Cash was neck deep in it. Since her ascendancy, Cash has spent the last two years singly focused on attacking workers and their unions. Her record is littered with hypocrisy, on one hand declaring that she is on a mission to stamp out union lawlessness, but on the other hand, knowingly doing nothing about the law-breaking of her hand-picked commissioner of the Australian Building and Construction Commission. Here's Australian Council of Trade Unions Secretary Sally McManus responding to these politicised raids. The politically motivated raids on a union this week put on for the nation's media prove when it comes to the Turnbull government, it's one rule for them, it's another for us. The Rock has existed for only six months. It's a highly political organisation designed to make the job of unions even harder. They can order the federal police to raid unions on the basis of just a phone call and so much more. It's got extensive powers to trawl through the internal operations of unions whenever it wants and on the say-so of the minister. All the while, banks and some corporations get away with serious law-breaking. The government has more anti-worker laws before Parliament now, which will give the Registered Organisation Commission even more power. The union movement is fighting back. It's time to change the rules. We need to swing the pendulum back in favour of ordinary working people. When the government uses the resources of the state to raid union officers, this is the time to stick together. Working people need pay rises and more secure jobs, not a government that harasses unions. Join your union. Together we can defeat Turnbull's anti-worker agenda and change the rules. There have been claims, counterclaims and accusations about cash misleading Parliament at estimates this week and what she knew and when she knew about the raids. 
the AFP is now understood to have launched an investigation into how its own raid was leaked to the media. And this isn't the first time that the Turnbull government has used the Australian Federal Police, with previous raids occurring on the CFMEU's office in Canberra and on Labor Party staffers over leaks highlighting the Liberals' failures on the issue of the NBN. Later in the show, we'll be joined by Union's ACT Secretary Alex White for more on these raids. In good news this week, it's been announced that the New South Wales Liberal government has backed down on its plans to privatise the Shell Harbour Hospital located in the Illawarra region of New South Wales. Unions and the local community have been campaigning hard since it was announced in September 2016 that the hospital would be redeveloped and run as a public-private partnership. Five regional hospitals were slated for such privatisation. Strong, union-led campaigns in the community have now saved four of the five hospitals. Also as a result, the New South Wales government has announced that it will provide much-needed redevelopment funds for the hospital, but retain it wholly in the hands of the people. Unions in the community are celebrating this announcement of $251 million for the redevelopment, which will bring much-needed improvements to the hospital, but also much-needed jobs to a region hit hard by the downturn in Australia's heavy manufacturing sector. Now, the focus turns to the last remaining hospital under threat in Maitland, which is located in the Hunter Valley north of Newcastle. A similar community campaign has just delivered a further 10,000 signatures to Parliament, bringing on another formal debate on the issue. You can get involved or find out more about the campaign on Facebook. Just search for Keep New Maitland Hospital Public. Maitland is spelt M-A-I-T-L-A-N-D. Well, the dispute at streets rages on. The ice cream company, owned by multinational Unilever, is attempting to terminate their enterprise agreement, covering 140 workers at their factory in Minto, New South Wales. If successful, it would result in a 46% cut in the workers' pay and a number of other conditions like redundancy, shift patterns and consultation would all be wiped away. Last Sunday, the union, the AMWU and the ACTU launched a boycott campaign urging consumers to have a streets-free summer and to not eat Streets products until the company backs away from its plans to cut wages and conditions. The company creates popular ice creams like Magnum, Gay Time, Cornetto, Splice, Bubble Bill and Paddle Pops. You can find out more information about the campaign at www.amwu.org.au forward slash streets. It was revealed in Senate estimates that more than 55 million calls to Centrelink went unanswered in the 2016-2017 financial year. That's more than 1 million calls a week. People calling Centrelink report wait times during the day of up to two hours, with many just giving up. People struggling to make ends meet, looking for jobs or reporting their income are doing it tough enough and these long waiting times are making it even more difficult. This is another example of how the government is making it hard for people to access their rights under our social safety net. This frustration has real consequences for many, as failing to report fortnightly earnings may see unemployed or tenuously employed workers breach the new start conditions. This triggers a cascade of fines and more onerous hurdles to clear in order to continue receiving the measly assistance that the government offers. No one calls Centrelink for a quick chat and to tell the department how well their lives are travelling. These are real people with real needs and they are being failed by this government. The social safety net is useless unless it is accessible and supported by sufficient public service workers. But over the last four years, the Liberal government has cut 5,000 permanent jobs from the Department of Human Services, the department that oversees Centrelink. 
The added work pressure these cuts have caused, coupled with a harsh industrial relations policy which has led to wage suppression and attempted cuts to staff conditions, sees Centrelink facing a very real crisis in retaining skilled staff and meeting the growing demand. This again is no accident. As it was recently reported, the federal government has outsourced some of Centrelink's call centre work to multinational giant Serco, the same company that it's engaged to operate its offshore detention program for people seeking asylum. It is a prime case study of the Liberals' ideological hatred for effective public service provision. The Abbott and Turnbull government have mismanaged Centrelink to the point of crisis. Maybe this is born of ministerial incompetence, but it is also likely that at some level this crisis has been manufactured as cover for the neoliberal agenda of outsourcing and privatisation. One of Australia's largest cooperatives, dairy producer Murray Goulburn, has been sold to Canadian-based multinational Saputo. Saputo is the 10th largest dairy company across the globe, and there was anger amongst dairy farmers at the recent AGM who blamed the CEO and upper management for shocking mismanagement of the operation. Earlier in the year, Murray Goulburn announced that it would close three plants in regional Victoria and Tasmania, claiming that it no longer had the milk supply to support these facilities. Farmers contend that the decisions by management to cut milk prices offered to farmers have been behind the failures of supply and the decreasing value of the cooperative. These failures threaten to hit the regional areas where the dairy processing plants are located, with much of the regional community reliant on the jobs and income the plants provide. The Union of Dairy Workers, the NUW or the National Union of Workers, has cautiously welcomed the sale. Victorian Secretary Gary Maas has said in a media release, it is sad to see a cooperative that has served farmers, workers and communities well for decades disappear. Murray Goulburn has suffered from previous mismanagement, the demise of which can be tracked with the demutualisation push a few years ago. He went on to outline that the union hopes that this sale may lead to some certainty for those communities affected by plant closures and express their desire to continue their productive working relationship with Saputo, with whom the union interacts with at its other Victorian operations at Warrnambool Cheese and Butter. Around 100 concrete truck drivers, members of the New South Wales branch of the Transport Workers Union, protested out the front of their employer, Hanson, in Parramatta last Friday. The union has been caught in a protracted battle, fighting for pay parity between Hanson drivers and other workers in the concrete transportation sector. After months of fruitless negotiations, the drivers have declared that enough is enough, and commenced indefinite strike action, which may impact significant government infrastructure projects like New South Wales M5 Tunnel Works. Richard Olson, the State Secretary of the Transport Workers Union, said Hanson have been ignoring our members for months, refusing to negotiate or listen. It is time for the company to come to the table and we are left with no other alternative than to take protected action. We'll bring you more on this dispute as it unfolds. You're listening to Stick Together, workers' stories and union news. Broadcast around the country every week on the Community Radio Network. You can sack us, you can outlaw us, you can vilify us every single day with all your media might. You can set up royal commissions, you can tap our phones, you can raid our offices, you can vilify and punish our leaders. You can bring in laws to police us, you can support laws that make our work harder to take away the support for unions to grow and or any acknowledgement that we exist. You can fine us, you can jail us, you can do all of this, but you will never ever defeat us. Because 
We are not going away. We will never go away. And the harder you fight us, the more you teach us. For you can never crush or destroy a belief. The right of all of us to be treated equally and fairly. And you can never take away our power, the power of unions, the simple act of working people deciding to stick together. Solidarity forever, comrades. Here's to the Lily Whites of 1917. That was Sally McManus speaking at a commemoration of the 1917 general strike. Her words again ring true as the Liberal government this week, in a highly political move, used the Australian Federal Police to raid the Victorian and Sydney offices of the Australian Workers' Union, ostensibly looking for evidence related to donations made more than a decade ago, while Bill Shorten was its secretary. It's not the first time that the AFP have been used for politically motivated raids in recent times. Last year they were rolled out to raid the Canberra offices of the CFMEU, but the recent raids are a disturbing escalation in the government's ideological battle against workers and their unions. Joining us now on the phone is the Secretary of Unions ACT, Alex White. Thanks for joining us, Alex. Thank you. The Liberal government has said that the Registered Organisations Commission was needed to ensure unions acted lawfully. But doesn't what we've seen in the last week really prove what the unions were saying during the debate, that this commission is just another new arm of the government's anti-union and anti-labour campaign? Well, that's right. And what we also know is that when these organisations, these so-called independent organisations, actually do take action against unions, invariably they do so in an unlawful, illegal manner. And that's exactly what the federal court found with the AFP raids against the Construction, Forestry, Mining and Energy Union in the ACT, that the raids themselves were conducted unlawfully. That is, the AFP broke the law when they conducted the raids. And also that the second warrant was uh, was granted in an unlawful manner. That is, the AFP lied to the magistrate in order to get the warrant. These are very powerful institutions, the AFP and the Registered Organisations Commission and the ABCC. All, both of the, the ROC and ABCC are institutions designed to attack unions, and they bring in, they're given powers to call on the AFP to act as their, their arms when they're conducting the raids. And were the media present for the raids in Canberra as well? Well, the media was tipped off, but there weren't uh, there weren't cameras waiting out the front. Uh, but the media was certainly uh, advised, and uh, I think the difference between the CFMEU ACT raids and the raid in Melbourne and Sydney is actually the, the ACT raids took place over a period of thirteen hours. So that's one of the things that the court found that was unlawful was the duration, and in fact. A warrant, a search warrant, only goes for about nine hours, and this is why the AFP had to go back to the magistrate, and, li- and we found out lied to the uh, the magistrate to get a second search warrant in order con- to continue to rifle through the uh, the union's offices. Regardless of how it happened and who did the leaking, what does it say that the media are forewarned about these raids? Well, it demonstrates that the uh, the raids are designed for political purposes. So what what has come out in the estimates and what will come out in the court case with the AWU is that the the Registered Organisations Commission never asked the AWU for the documents that they then proceeded to raid the officers for. And that's what the uh, the head of the ROC admitted under oath in the, uh, the Senate estimates. And it demonstrates that uh, the the commission is designed 
principally to harm unions through these spectacular stage media raids. And it's this type of political repression using the state to fight unions and target the government's political opponents that we would decry if we saw it happening overseas. But now the situation in Australia is degraded to that point. What does it say about the government that it's prepared to stoop this low? Well, it says that they're very desperate and they're very scared. And it's not just unions, all of civil society is being attacked. So unions are at the forefront of probably seeing the most heavy-handed uh, type of attack. But we know in other states where the, the Liberal governments have tried to use anti-protest laws to crack down on uh, protest groups and NGOs, and the uh, the government has also directed uh, the ACNC, which is the Charities and Not-for-Profit Commission, to start auditing environment groups who protest against um, the government's position on climate change and renewable energy. So the, this government has demonstrated that they will use all of the coercive powers and administrative powers that the government has, the state has, in order to attack their political opponents, no matter who they are, whether it's unions. With unions, they send in the police, who have very strong coercive powers. But against uh, less powerful organisations, they send in bureaucratic auditors and they send in uh, investigators to try to disrupt legitimate lawful actions of NGOs, whether unions or, or environment groups. It's very disturbing. The Employment Minister, Senator Michaelia Cash, has said that she didn't know anything about the raids and she didn't know anything about the leaking of the, of the raids to the media. Does that ring true to you? Well, it's very unbelievable. If she uh, didn't know, then it was willful ignorance. She decided or purposefully decided not to know. And if she genuinely didn't know, then it's a pretty incredible admission of incompetence. The way that these ministerial offices work is that there's very high levels of command and control, generally with the uh, the chief of staff who works very closely with Michaelia Cash. And if you read any of the commentary about her, she runs a very tight ship. It's not as though she just lets people freelance. The other thing that we know is that she went into a meeting with the prime minister and with the media advisor, who we now know leaked the information, and told the prime minister repeatedly that she wasn't responsible for the leak. And the guy who leaked it was standing right next to her and he didn't say a thing. Senator Cash has got a little bit of record, a bit of form here. I mean, she, her hand-picked commissioner for the ABCC was breaking the Fair Work Act, um, the act it was designed supposedly to, to enforce, and she knew about that for months and did nothing. If it's found that she has lied about these raids, should this be the final nail in the coffin for Senator Cash? Well, Australia used to have this thing called uh, the Westminster uh, tradition of ministerial accountability, and that would say that that standard would say that she would have to resign if it found out that she misled Parliament, if she lied during the, the Senate estimates, then she should have no choice. If she was had any shred of integrity, she would have to resign. With the ABCC, she knew about the unlawful behaviour that Nigel Hatchkiss was conducting before he was appointed as the head of the ABCC. So there's a long chain of her and this government knowingly breaking the law, attempting to break the law, whether it is the ABCC spreading around um, wrong illegal information about how right of entry works or whether it's directing the AFP to conduct illegal raids against union officers or directing the newly created Registered Organisations Commission. They've got this track record of doing whatever it takes and breaking the law in order to uh, get their way and to smash their opponents. Alex White, thanks very much for joining us on Stick Together. No worries, thank you. Stick together. 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 You're listening to Stick Together on Community Radio. 
Turning now to the battle for better staffing and fair working conditions for aged care nurses at Bupa. The nurses' union, the ANMF, has been locked in a protracted struggle with multinational health services provider Bupa for some time, fighting to lift the wages of these aged care nurses to the industry standard, but also fighting for better care for their clients in ensuring that there are enough staff on hand to meet their needs. Last Wednesday, nurses, carers and their supporters took to the streets and rallied out the front of Bupa's Melbourne headquarters. Stick Together's Annie McLaughlin was there. G'day, I'm from 3CR. Can you tell me why you're here today? Oh, why I'm here today is to support the most underpaid and overworked workers in the aged care system. And I'm very passionate about aged care. That might be an age thing because I'm an older person. It might not be. But I've got a father-in-law who's in aged care. He's very well looked after. I'm not going to say where, but a better paid, better staffed, maybe not as good as they should be. But for these, they're so, I've been with them for the last three weeks and they've been amazing, absolutely amazing. Caring, working understaffed daily, just amazing how they are with the, with the residents. And they deserve better conditions, they deserve better staffing and they deserve more pay. That's why I'm here today. Here is ANMF Victorian Secretary Lisa Fitzpatrick addressing the assembled crowd. Can I start by saying Melbourne turned on a dull grey day? But you know what? It's a black day for Bupa. Yeah. And importantly, it's a bright day for Bupa nurses and carers, their families, their loved ones, and the community at large. Because what you are doing by coming today is signalling that there is a line in the sand being drawn for private aid care in this country, not just in Victoria, the, but the Bupa nurses and carers in Victoria, like many other things Victorian, you are trailblazers. And well done to you. Because you are sending a message, not just to Bupa, but to the political parties and our federal government, that it is no longer good enough to ignore the vulnerable and the aged in this country by not providing safe staffing levels. We know from talking with you all that Bupa incentivises its managers not to replace staff on unplanned sick leave. They even have a name for it. It's called Save a Sick. And it is abhorrent that Bupa would go to these lengths to boost their profits in addition to the money that they make by what we say is unsafe staffing levels at all of your facilities. We have to stop Bupa putting profits before its residents and before its staff. Last financial year, you will have read recently that 14,000 residents were transferred from Victorian private aged care facilities to our public and private acute hospitals. And this is a 25% increase on the year before. They were transported in Victorian um, ambulances. And yet we are people screaming out for quick ambulance responses. And why has this happened? Because Bupa don't have enough 
of the skilled, registered enrolled nurses and carers on their shifts at their workplaces to care for these residents. What they would rather do is whack them in the back of an ambulance and send them to an emergency department in the public hospital while they still get federal government funding for the bed that that resident isn't occupying while they're in our hospital. We are exposing today the terrible truth behind public aid, private aid care in this state. And this is what happens around the country. So what is it that we want from DUPA and also from a federal government? We want wages that reflect what nurses and carers are being paid in the private aged care sector here in other nursing homes in Victoria. We want an earlier pay increase date prior to 1 September. We want Bupa to backfill sick leave, not save us sick. And we want Bupa and all other nursing homes to introduce safe staffing levels of nurses and carers, not just here in Victoria, but across the country. We need the Federal Aged Care Act, which the Howard government changed 20 years ago in 1997. We want that change so that aged care providers like Zupa, who only have to have an adequate number of skilled staff. I want you to think about those words, adequate number of skilled staff, because in that act, there is no enforceable or defined definition of what is an adequate number of skilled staff. So we need that legislation amended by this federal government or any future federal government. If the Andrews government here in Victoria can legislate ratios in the public aged care sector, why can't a federal government do it for private aged care, which they've got responsibility for? We'll continue to work hard to negotiate and support you and your colleagues for a fair outcome in your EBA and demand with our state and territory colleagues of both this federal government and those who seek to form a federal government in the future that aged care in this country, the elderly, the vulnerable, those who deserve much better must receive much better. Well, that's all we have time for this week on Stick Together. Thanks to Alex White and a big shout out to all the Booper workers whose struggle continues. All strength to your arm. Stick Together is produced in the Melbourne studios of 3CR and broadcast around the nation on the community radio network. Shows like ours are only made possible by listeners like you. So log on or pick up the phone and subscribe to your local community radio station today. If you'd like to contact the producers of the show, you can call us on 03 94198377 or email us at sticktogether3cr at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook by searching Stick Together Program. We'd love to get your feedback. The podcast of this show and other episodes is available on either iTunes or at www.3cr.org.au forward slash stick together. Finally, remember, no matter where you are or what you do, there is a union for you. I've been Matt Kunkel. Until next time, stick together. <laughs>